It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We discuss what to make of the Baltimore Ravens offense coming up next here on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in with us, making us your first listen to the day free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. And if they score more or less in their prize pick projection, you go up to 10 times a Monday in your entry. First time users are going to receive 100 minutes of the boss and also promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. And we are back here on a Tuesday after the Ravens pull off a 13 to 3 win. Over to Carolina Panthers in week 11. They moved their record to 7-3, and four-game winning streak. And here with me to talk about that, talk about just what to make of this Ravens offense and more as former Baltimore Ravens wide receiver and Super Bowl champion, Kadri Ismael. And Q, I know we talked last week on Friday about what this Ravens team would do against Carolina, and we both hoped that they would extend that winning streak to four games. And it wasn't pretty, but they got the job done. Well, first of all, I will say... 13 points, and as long as it's one more point than the opponent, hallelujah. And four games is quite impressive. Um, It's definitely difficult to do in the league to string together victory after victory. Clearly, you're in the NFL, and and every week it's going to present its own soap opera and, you know, plot points and all the things, and that's what makes it so fun for us to kind of sit back and talk and do what we do. Um, But, yeah, you know, it's weird because I really thought this is going to be that coming off a bye, let's just dominate and really show that we're part of that upper tier um, type unit. But now, you know, after the, like you said that, you know, the victory again, it was great, but 13 to three, I, I feel like it's like, okay, all right. You know, there's work to be done. Yeah, and we'll get into the offense and just really what to make of everything that's happened over these last couple of weeks in the second segment. But for this game in particular, Q, offensively, you see Lamar Jackson end up 24-33-209 with an interception to that big defensive tackle. You have the run game. Actually, the Ravens threw the ball more than they ran it, and especially that was that was a little shocking to me because of the windy conditions that you had. You had 30 runs compared to 33 passes. I don't think game script necessarily indicated a bunch because it was three to three for most of the game heading into the fourth quarter. But were you a little shocked about how the game script happened where Baltimore ended with more passes than runs? I was, I was, I was shocked in one regard because of just the conditions. Um, (laughs) I was the uh, Ravens legend player of the game which means that every week they choose a, a legend to come out that, that um, 
you know, obviously made an impact on the team. And, and I was very honored to, to uh, be that legend and come on out and, and be introduced to the crowd and the whole nine. And um, it was awesome. I mean, it was as awesome as it got. And, uh, you know, my, my uh, kids were there and, you know, it just meant the world to me to be able to share that moment with them. With that said, it was cold. That wind was blowing. And obviously, I do a pregame show on WJZ, um, our CBS here in Baltimore affiliate. And I mean, it was just like, what in the world? Who who turned down the temperature? Um, so it dictated that it should have been like a strong kind of a running type game. And you know, in the lower bowl of the stadium, you know, it was, it was, it, it wasn't blustery, but you know, those 20 mile an hour gusts, I was just ready for it to kind of take place and it. It just didn't come about. So all that being said, yeah, run the ball. That's what I was thinking. You know, this is, you know, what Giro does and he's going to do it well, but to no avail. Yeah. They, they, had a team in Carolina that was definitely the defensive performance for them, at least offensively. It wasn't great for either side, but defensively Carolina's team stepped up, you know, Derek Brown in the middle there. They have talented players on that Carolina defensive line and the front seven. And even in the secondary too, despite them being a little banged up there. So big, I got to give credit to Carolina where it's due, but I think for Baltimore, you have 10 carries for 46 yards for Kenyon Drake, you know, 11 for 31 for Lamar. And then you have justice Hill seven for 30. So it was a little shocking to see him average just 3.8 yards per carry. They didn't really get into a rhythm or momentum with it either. But to talk about rhythm and momentum, the defense, oh, man, the defensive performance in this one was exceptional. Baker Mayfield has two interceptions. They forced three turnovers as a unit. They sacked Baker Mayfield four times in this one. Patrick Queen plays phenomenal football. Roquan Smith plays great in this one. Marcus Peters with a fumble and Marlon Humphrey with the interception yeah, and then Marlon yeah. Humphrey almost returned the fumble for a touchdown, but they blew right. it dead. So right. that, that's what I'm saying. I said it, I said it on yesterday's show. I'm like, referees have to stop blowing these plays dead because you just, you're stopping the play. Whereas it can be reviewed if you don't, but he, what, what do you think about this defense right now that they're firing and hitting on all cylinders and I'm loving it. Yeah. I, I think it starts up front. You know, I, I love, and, and they've been it, up front has been balling for quite a while now. I mean, they, they just been, you know, they, they we, we saw what they did against the Jets, and they, they just have not let up. Um, with that said, now with the addition of Roquan Smith, <laughs> the uh, some people just you know get chemistry, and other people fall in love right away. <laughs> so, you know, John Harbaugh is a happy man when he got both his middle linebackers playing at such an extremely high level. It, it looks like uh, you know, Ray Lewis and and Peter Bulware and you know, uh, Jamie Sharper and, 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 you know, just the whole crew. Um, I love the fact that they are flying to the football. I love the fact that, you know, one guy, the one, the one play um, that was a big tackle for loss, uh, you could see where Roquan, <laughs> he was like there first, got him, kind of slipped off, and then here comes Patrick Queen to clean him up. Um, I just thought that that was just such a typical play um, because of the way the the D line was scraping down the edge and it was nowhere to go for the running back. And here comes the two linebackers doing what they're supposed to do because the D line was handling their business. So ultimately 
um, it just it makes for a fun experience, you know. JPP doing his thing, Justin Houston doing his thing, um, you know, obviously Adafi Owe, and I think he he was into concussion protocol, right? I think or was he? I don't I don't remember that. Maybe was that he? wasn't okay. So maybe I misunderstood who who was, um, and which is no worries because I don't want him. <laughs> I don't want him yeah, to be. Right. Um, but I will say though that you know all of them, the entire rush defense was present that helped the back end of things when it came to, as you're saying, Marcus Peters and obviously uh, Marlon Humphreys, um, as far as them getting to uh, Baker Mayfield and creating turnovers and pressures. So uh, you're right. Just just a dominant, dominant performance. And how big are those turnovers, especially consistently, where, again, last year they had a lot of trouble with the injuries that they went through generating those turnovers consistently. They were one of the worst turnover teams last year on defense, but now you have a team that is consistently giving the ball back to the offense, getting more chances, getting the momentum back on their side. I, I think it's been such a huge key for them throughout the year to continuously force these turnovers and get the ball back to their offense. It is. I mean, that's what decides games, you know, giving your offense a short field to, to put up points. Um, it's not that you can't go down a football field. Obviously, the the measuring stick is going to be forever. Uh, the 2019 season under the Lamar Jackson um, watch as the quarterback because, <laughs> like, they got the ball and they marched. And it was like, like, we just bludgeoned you to death. Like, 12, 13, 14 play drives. I mean, it just didn't matter. And so now you get so spoiled with that. Um, I think, yeah, to get a short field because of turnovers. I mean, that, Kevin, you just, man, you, you live at large. You get a short field and you get an opportunity to score offset, you know, short field. You know, that's what you want. So I think ultimately um, this is a team that when you look at it, um, if they can create those turnovers, it's just going to bode well. You know, later on down the line, when you do face those upper tier teams, the Kansas Cities, the Buffalo Bills, teams like that, um, that you're the Miami Dolphins, you're going to be seeing them again. Um, you, you're, you're just going to see those upper tier AFC teams. What the heck, Tennessee? I mean, Tennessee, you know, they, they're, they're making their uh, presence felt too. So kudos to the defense for creating those turnovers. Yeah, and, you know, really, we saw the offense gain the momentum when the defense gave it to them, when the turnover started, the crowd got pumped up and, you know, the defense is celebrating in the end zone and the offense feeds off of the short field and is able to punch the ball in. And I think that is again, where it is so, so important for the defense to help out your offense when the offense is struggling and vice versa, you know, the offense can help out the defense. We've seen that Baltimore offense bail out the defense multiple times. We've seen the defense bail out the offense. So it is really a joint effort, even with the special teams that are in there as well. But coming up, we'll be diving into that Baltimore offense and just what to make of everything over these past couple of weeks with the Bucks game and the Saints game and even that Panthers game coming up next on Locked On Ravens. But first, this episode is sponsored by Turo. And Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosting and browse a huge selection of vehicles from just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and coming soon 
to Australia. You can book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. You can get a classic luxury car for a special event birthday or even a holiday. You can find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from point A to point B. And you can test drive the new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits your everyday life. Many tour hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. And this episode is sponsored by Prize Picks. And I had a good week of fantasy, although I did lose one of my matchups by 0.3 points. It was a, it was a heartbreaker, but it's all right. And if you want a different twist on fantasy, be sure to check out Prize Picks. They're super easy to use. They have a ton of current entries that you can have as well. And how it works is you pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their Prize Picks rejection, you can up to ten times money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just universal rejections available. Prize Picks offers rejections on any sport that you watch, including the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, you have NHL, PJ, college football, college basketball. And more entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They have safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PricePix app. Go to pricepix.com to tonight and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive it. Owners of business and Boston Mass also want to the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. You deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for business deposit match of to $100. We're back here, our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still here with Kadri, Ismael, and Q. When you talk about the Ravens offense, I mean, you mentioned 2019 in the first segment where, again, the Ravens offense was nine-minute drives, 12, 15, 18-play drives, and it was just bully ball. You would run it down the throat of that offense and the defense, and you would even put up, the offense would put up like 30, 40. The first game of 2019, they put up almost 60 points. So, that 2019 offense was something, but we're not in 2019 anymore. Obviously, we are in 2022. And the Ravens, I think, have been trying to find that identity once again. I think it's on the ground still, because the Ravens are still a very good rushing team. But it's interesting to kind of just assess where they are right now as an offense, because the first half, even just starting in Week 8, first half of Week 8, tried to throw the ball a lot, didn't really work out all that well. Then you have the second half where they begin to run the ball, and all of a sudden, everything opens up for them. Week 9. That was a dominant front-to-back performance for them. But then week 11 comes after the bye. You mentioned it coming off of the bye. You maybe expected a bit more offensive firepower, especially with how good Baltimore's been off of their buys. So where are you with this offense right now in terms of what they really truly are? Yeah, no, I think this offense, if we were to grade them coming out of the bye and what we've seen in the first part of the season, I mean – to their standards, a B minus, maybe even C. Um, the standard that is for the rest of the league for a seven and three team, sure, you could say B plus, you could say A minus. Why? Because they're finding ways to win, and that's just the bottom line, and they're doing what they do. But again, 2019 is always going to be the measuring stick. At the same time, what you know, what this special generational talent guy is about in Lamar Jackson, do you also realize that, yeah, from a bigger picture of things, you got to be better as an offense. You know he he has said from day one, we got to win, I got to win, we got to win and, and win the Super Bowl, period. I mean, he's always been saying that. He's not, you know, relented off of that. And you 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 know what a Super Bowl winning team or winning formula looks like. You know that, yeah, we're not unrealistic and and thinking, you know, you could put up massive amount of points all the time. But, you know, against the lesser teams, 
13 points is is just yeah, it's okay. Um, against lesser teams, you really want to dominate, and you don't miss guys on crossing routes, so you don't miss guys, you know, threading it to the back of the end zone. Um, you know, against the New Orleans Saints, you, you just don't. And so I think the standard needs to um, remain high. I don't think you need to regress, but I also think, you know, there's some, 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 uh, I don't know, so soul searching or whatever, or however, you know, I, I think there's the plays that are need to be there, but I think the execution of them um, are somewhat lacking. And then I also think that some of the way in which the rhythm of the play calling is, you know, kind of off a little bit as well. Yeah, and you mentioned execution, and I will give Lamar Jackson a bit more credit than the stats, I would say, because he had some drops early in that game from his receivers and pass catchers, especially on that first drive where it was six passes and no runs. And, yeah, Patrick Ricard dropping a wide-open pass, and that that was called back anyway, so it wouldn't really count in the grand scheme of things. But Mark Andrews had a drop. James Prochet had a drop. Later in the game, Kenyon Drake had one as well. Are you concerned about the drops? I mean, it was a lot of drops in one game. No, I mean, I'm not blaming the weather. You know, I just know that it was unusual weather. So it could have an, uh, somewhat of a factor. Um, but, but, but see, here's the thing, Kevin. Like when you look at where Lamar is placing it, I mean, he's placing it in good spots too. So you're right. You know, you, you do give him a pass. It's, it's, it's not like they're ugly passes. There's some good balls that, you know, those guys, they come up with. We've seen James Roche make the contested hard catch. So that really surprised me. Then um, Kenny Drake, I mean, bruh, you catch that stride, you got some room to run. Um, the Mark Andrews thing is a little bit perplexing. And I know from a Mark Andrews standpoint, he's a go-to guy. So you know, let's just get right into it. Devin Duvernay, we keep talking about him. Uh, you know, uh, G. Rowe keeps talking about him. Um, obviously, you know, John Harbaugh keeps talking about him. But but here's the thing. So if Mark Andrews, who didn't catch a ball in the one game, comes back in the Tampa game, now all of a sudden you just lighten it and getting it up to him before he kind of shuts it down, then you come back in this game because – of him shutting it down, and then he comes out in this game, and you just like throwing it to him, you know. And and you're called; those are called design plays to him. Okay, you know, you're saying I don't know if that's you know John covering up or if it really is plays that are going to to Devin Duvernay, and and I gotta you know go ahead and, and look at some tape and 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 see what I see, and maybe okay, sure, maybe they are, but you know some of the tape that I am seeing, I'm like. Yeah, Devin isn't really the focal point. So if you're not making him the focal point, and but you keep on saying you are, like if I'm him, I'd be frustrated. To be perfectly honest with you, I'm like, yo, like I was like, I was starting off hot. I was ready. And, you know, here comes the the doubters and haters. It's just the haters. Haters are the fans who don't really know what they're talking about. Doubters are like, man, is it ever really going to happen? Uh, we believe in you type thing. So I think for him, I would be frustrated because if you look at like, there are some plays to be made and sure, you know, um, Demarcus Robinson is, 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 is definitely, you know, put himself in a great position to show he's, he's worthy of getting balls thrown his way. He's making some plays. I'm not saying that, 
But shoot, look around the league. There's opportunities for multiple guys to eat at the table. And if you try to throw it, if I'm Devin Duvernay, I'm like, yo, I'd love to be one of those guys to eat. I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go uh uh who's our guy, Hollywood Brown, and, and tweet out, you know, I'm a soldier and I need to get the ball. I'm not gonna do that per se, but I am gonna be like, yo, what you know, hey. Bro, what do I need to do? You know, like I'm putting, I'm, 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 I'm stepping out and and saying, you know, like y'all saying y'all y'all want to use me. I'm I'm here to be used. Let let's do it. Yeah, and I've I made this point yesterday. I'll probably make it a point on every show throughout this week. Is this isn't like an experiment type thing still, where it's like, oh well, maybe Devin Duvernay can do it if he gets the ball. Let's see what he can do. We we've seen it. We we've seen him contribute. We've seen him make big plays, contested catches, be electric in the open field. This isn't like they're trying to figure it out. They know that he's this player. They understand that he's dynamic and they understand that he's a game changer. So it is, it is, it's interesting. Like, I don't, it's perplexing to the fact that, you know, only two total touches in this game, one carry and one reception, just under 10 yards total. But it's something that we've heard going back to even like week six, where the team has been asked about it. And they said, yeah, Greg Roman, I'm I'm marking him down in my notebook. We're going to get him more touches. And then, he doesn't really get consistent touches. So it's interesting. I mean, Mark Andrews is the focal point still, and I don't think that's necessarily going to change. But at the same time, it's not a bad thing. No, no. Because of the fact that, you know, the Rob Gronkowski uh, era proved that you can have, you know, it come through the tight end. The Travis Kelsey ongoing era proves that you can have you know, a number one tight end and and your offense go through him. So it's not that. Um, It's the, okay, when I look at Mark Andrews, I look at a chunk down the field guy. He's certainly put up those big chunk yards. Like he can get 20 yards, 30 yards type thing. And if you you are slipping on him and you, you miss, he absolutely can go um, 45. That catch, run uh, type play or no safety help type man to man on the backside, you know, that we saw, for example, in Bateman when he caught the little slant route and took it and dipped off out the back gate for a touchdown against Miami or the way Dev. Uh, Duve went in the Jets game. Um, those plays there, in my mind, are receiver-oriented big plays. Uh, Travis Kelsey has proven he can make some big plays and, and score. Obviously, we, we you know we saw what Gronk did time and time and time again. I think Mark is, like I said, you know he's that big chunk play guy. So it's not like he can't do it, but I think you know Devin absolutely has the um he's he's put up enough of a resume to say i can make contested catches bro and i can i can you know i can make some plays down the football field but you know i think he can i and i think he can be a volume catcher i think um mark has proven he is a volume catcher i think devin can be a volume catcher and equally make, if not make bigger plays than what we're seeing from Mark Andrews. 
Right, and, and I don't think Devin DuVernay has to be the focal point of the offense to have success and still get touches. You can still make Mark Andrews the focal point and have Devin DuVernay still make an impact with four targets or five targets and then two or three rushes, and then he's returning balls as well. So he has shown that as a receiver, as a runner, as a returner, he can do it. And so I think it's a little it's, it's perplexing a lot of people. It's just why the touches aren't consistently there. John Harbaugh talked about it on Monday saying that there were there were opportunities in the game but it just didn't go the way that they thought it was going to go. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see with Devin DuVernay. I think he definitely does deserve more touches going forward, though, as, as we've both talked about, you for the past couple of weeks. But coming up here on Lockdown Ravens, we'll dive into the Ronnie Stanley injury, the Kyle Hamilton injury, and more to round out the show. So be sure to stay tuned here. Still a ton to talk about on the show. But first, this episode is sponsored by Bet Online. And betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest thoughts and trends for every professional and amateur league that's out there from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. I'm a Denver Nuggets guy, so I'm always searching for latest Nuggets odds and also Nuggets news, of course. And they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. As well as the ladies and mobile devices to learn more, Bet Online, where the game starts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now, now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're back rounding out locked on Ravens with Kadri Ismail. I'm Kevin Ostriker. In this game queue, you have a team that, you know, I think got a, it was a gritty, ugly win, but they still got a win. But when you're talking about injuries, there were a couple, the Ravens losing both Ronnie Stanley and Kyle Hamilton. And it's it's difficult to say just where they are right now. John Harbaugh didn't have any. Actually, the only update we got was from Lamar Jackson after the game where yeah. he said he went in and Ronnie Stanley said he was pretty good. And he, it, the injury, we'll start with Stanley first, looked eerily similar-ish to the one he suffered in 2019 against the Pittsburgh Steelers where he got rolled up on, or in 2020, excuse me, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, where he got rolled up on. Now, it looked like he got his ankle out in time, so it wasn't like we actually saw any roll action on the ankle, but still, it was an injury where he limped off the field, had to get tended, and didn't come back in the game. What's your concern level with Stanley's injury, and what do you think the timeline could potentially be, based off what we know right now, which isn't really a ton at the moment? So, from the Ronnie Stanley aspect of it all, I think, one, what you know, John Harbaugh is saying is that, you know, it, it, they'll, they'll know more, but what they feel they've seen so far is, is not bad. Obviously he walked out of the locker room yesterday's game or Sunday's game, excuse me, uh, with a boot on. And if it was a boot, no crutches, 
if it was like, you know, some of the things that we look for. So in other words, basically that just says, okay, the swelling wasn't as bad. Oh, okay. So, you know, after he got treatment, he was like, oh, all right. You know, it's not like, oh God, my leg hurts. I think he was feeling like better um, than he probably thought it was as far as like him feeling um, it was a, it was a really bad injury. So I'm thankful that he feels that way. I'm thankful that, um, you know, if the MRI is going to show anything, it'll probably just show it. It was probably like a mild, uh, sprain or whatever. Um, but, but nothing that is going to majorly set them back. Right. And it would be key if they were able to get them back on Sunday, it'd, it'd be, so huge for them. If not, they have the options there. Passion McCarry, they have Daniel Falele as well. So maybe they could fill in for as long as he's out for. But the other player cue, Kyle Hamilton, he got rolled up on too and was having trouble getting off. It looked like at first it was his hamstring. He kind of looked like he was favoring his hamstring, but Baltimore classified it as a knee injury. He was at least, I guess, caught where <laughs> so he was caught on the camera during the post-game speeches that the Ravens put out there on social media standing up. So People have speculated based off of that, but based off what you saw in that injury, do you feel like this is something that is going to be serious or do you think it'll be all right? That's so funny when they say about standing up, man, you got so much adrenaline in you and all nine yards. You can stand. I mean, that's cool. Heck, I had a grade two MCL sprain and I was standing and moving and walking, man. But shuh, as soon as that doggone adrenaline wore off and everything, well, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, that being said, um, with the knee, it just depends on the ligament, number one, but then number two, it's the swelling. Yeah, again, if it is like an MCL or if it's in that medial side, it could be, you know, a little bit of the popliteus. Um, it could be, we pray not necessarily – uh, meniscus, um, those are minor things to kind of be considered, uh, or it could be like a bruise, and that's something where it depends on the severity of the bruise. Uh, all those things are where, you know, I think John Harbaugh is feeling like, all right, you know, we're, we're not like, oh, boy, this is not good type thing, and and the x-rays and stuff that he was saying that the preliminary reports weren't weren't so bad. Yeah, and so Harbaugh did say on Monday that both guys are trending in the right direction. We'll see what that means as the week goes on and continues. He also said that Gus Edwards and Deshaun Jackson should be back for Sunday, so that is good for them. So hopefully that will remain true and those guys will be back on the field. But Hugh, let's talk about those replacement guys for him, for Stanley and Hamilton. So I mentioned McCarry, I mentioned Falele, and then safety-wise it would be Geno Stone stepping up, Chuck Clark obviously a big player in there as well. They're still down Marcus Williams. So what do you feel like the safeties would be like and the offensive tackles would be like if those guys had to miss, I don't know, maybe a week or maybe a couple weeks? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I mean, I, I I don't think it would change too, too much in some regards. But, you know, I think, you know, Kyle Hamilton has been playing, you know, some lights out type football, you know, with his tackling, open field tackling. You know, they're, they're not rushing the ball and dominating, you know, you know, the Ravens defense if the safeties aren't doing their job and Kyle was – was out there holding his own. I think with Ronnie Stanley, if he misses some significant time, you know, absolutely, Falele, he, he's, he's stepped up and looked really good. 
But, uh, man, I'm telling you, just the way in which um, Ronnie, Ronnie made it look easy. And that's what makes him an all-pro. That's what makes him look so good is because, you know, the great ones, they, they make it look easy. And he made it, bro. I, I clearly played with one of, if not the best uh, left tackle in all of uh, football in, in Jonathan Ogden. Bro, man, he just made it look easy. And <laughs> Brody's technique is so sound and flawless. Uh, that's something that you just you just don't replace that every time you get. I mean, we talked about it on previous shows where we saw how the running game looked different because he was in there and healthy. Like, you ain't just going to say, oh, gosh, yeah, you've been playing well. Get your butt in there and go. Ronnie Stanley will be missed. Yeah, so yeah, hopefully, yeah, depending. I'm yeah. gonna say, I don't want to <laughs> knock on wood. Right. If <laughs> if yeah, he's he's okay. Yeah, if those two guys have to miss some time, it's definitely a big loss on on both sides of the ball. Stanley's played outstanding since coming back from that injury, and Kyle Hamilton, he's he's coming to his own. He's playing the big nickel role for them all over the field. He's looked great. So again, hopefully those two are all right. But Q, how are you feeling for the Jacksonville game here, Week Twelve? Hopefully more of a bounce back game for the offense and hopefully the defense will be able to continue their hot streak. So the biggest thing is let down. The biggest thing is complacency. The biggest thing is playing down to your opponent and not realizing uh, the sense of urgency. All those things are so real. We're all human. Uh, this game is, is I've been in those type games where you just think, you know, from the outside, Oh, they got it all figured out. And then you look and like, yeah, I'm not so sure, you know, these guys have things trending in the right direction. Um, so, yeah, shoot. I, I I hope that, you know, the offense was rusty, if you will, uh, coming off of the bye and, and, you know, it was a Thursday night, you know, type of a thing, Monday night type of a thing. I hope it was just the longevity away type thing. Um, but at the same time, I also know that um, – yeah, Jacksonville is, is just not, you know, where they need to be. So let's go ahead and 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 take it to the Jags. Yeah, it's, this this probably isn't their year, but they're building something for the future. They, they're, I think they're better than the record indicates. And it's, again, something where you cannot be complacent. I 100% agree with that. This is an any given Sunday league, as we saw against Carolina in week 11. So hopefully a bounce back is in store for the Ravens as they look to improve that winning streak to five straight games. It'd be so huge if they're able to do that. But Q, that's all I have for you here today. Thank you so much for hopping on with me. And when we're back next week, hopefully this is an eight and three football team continuing their dominance because five straight wins sounds so good. Oh my God. Get get to that eighth win. Separate yourself from from your division. Uh guys, the Bengals, they they're looking, you know, okay. Obviously, you know, the Steelers are Kind of fading a little bit, but uh, yeah, set yourself up, put yourself in position in the driver's seat in your division. Yep, they are currently still first place in that AFC North, and they have the tiebreaker over Cincinnati. We're going to get into the stretch of divisional games, though, coming up in a few weeks here. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow, we'll be diving into more Ravens content, of course. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.